Hey, I'm Christopher Schiefling, and this is Auscultation, a podcast in search of a humanities-based practice of healthcare. Thanks so much for joining. Today, we're listening to excerpts from Death's End by Shi Zing Lu, translated by Ken Lu. Shi Zing Lu is an acclaimed Chinese science fiction writer who worked as an engineer. Death's End is the third book in the trilogy Remembrance of Earth's Past, which is sometimes better known by the first novel of the series, The Three-Body Problem. And this trilogy uses an impending extraterrestrial invasion to explore, kind of among many other themes, the psychological response to an existential threat, both on the level of the individual as well as society at large. And in this passage, we've recently been introduced to Tain Ming, who is being treated for metastatic cancer, and a law has just legalized euthanasia. Excerpts from Death's End by Shi Sing Lu, translated by Ken Lu. A fit of coughing forced him to put down the newspaper and try to get some sleep. The next day, the TV also showed some interviews and reports about the euthanasia law, but there didn't seem to be a lot of public interest. Timing had trouble sleeping that night. He coughed, he struggled to breathe. He felt weak and nauseous from the chemo. The patient who had the bed next to him sat on the edge of Timing's bed and held the oxygen tube for him. His surname was Lee, and everyone called him Lao Lee or Old Lee. Lao Lee looked around to be sure the other two patients who shared the room with him were both asleep, and then said, Timing, I'm going to leave early. You've been discharged? No, it's that law. Timing sat up. But why? Your children are so solicitous and caring. That's exactly why I've decided to do this. If this drags out much longer, they'd have to sell their houses. What for? In the end, there's no cure. I have to be responsible for my children and their children. Lowly sighed, lightly patted Timing's arm, and returned to his own bed. Staring at the shadows cast against the window curtain by swaying trees, Timing gradually fell asleep. For the first time since his illness, he had a peaceful dream. It took a great deal of internal discussion before the news outlets settled on the verb to conduct. To execute was clearly inappropriate. To carry out sounded wrong as well. To complete seemed to suggest that death was already certain, which was not exactly accurate either. None of Lao Li's family members were present for the procedure. He had kept his decision from them and requested that the city's civil affairs bureau, not the hospital, inform his family after the procedure was complete. The new law permitted him to conduct his affairs in this manner. Some thoughts on wording. Lou brilliantly captures the ease 
that comes from trying to describe this process of dying through means sanctioned by healthcare. And in the, the English healthcare literature, there's been great debate and variability over the name of the process itself. Uh, we've got death with dignity, physician-assisted suicide, physician-directed death, euthanasia, medical termination, uh, just as a, a taste of the different options. And even minor differences have been highlighted. Uh, for example, both uh, Canada and the United States use the same acronym, M-A-I-D, or MAID. But in Canada, it stands for Medical Assistance in Dying, whereas in the U.S., it generally stands for Medical Aid in Dying. And this may be a reflection that, according to the Canadian law, clinicians themselves can administer the medicines to, to patients, whereas in the U.S., uh, the patients have to be able to take the, the medicines themselves. But semantics aside, the words are useful. They offer handles to help grasp the uncertainties underlying our ethical trepidation. And while aid and assistance may be complete synonyms, thinking through how much agency clinicians should have in helping people die is an essential question for healthcare today. Notably, Lou centers the debate over this issue in the news outlets, where there is, quote, a great deal of internal discussion. In this case, the verb rather than the name receives the attention. And to conduct wins out over to execute, to complete, and to carry out. And while there are subtleties in the original Chinese that surely won't be fully conveyed in the English, uh, that's definitely not going to stop me from getting into the, the nitty-gritty of Ken Liu's uh, translation and the word choice there. And from my reading, to conduct seems to be much more neutral and formal than the other choices. Execute is too similar to execution and its association with culpability. To carry out is much less formal and a bit dismissive. You carry out the trash, after all. In contrast, you conduct an experiment or an orchestra, and both of these convey the sense of an authority directing the activities of others in a precise and controlled manner. Similarly, the notion of one's personal conduct implies a sense of autonomy uh, to the act of euthanasia, which has been a big point for those who argue in favor of such policies. A few pages later, we get a different, different wording, and this is when Lao Li is conducting the procedure. A computer with, quote, a soft, gentle female voice asks, do you wish to terminate your life? Terminate is a rather technical word choice, like terminating a contract or a terminal illness, but it also conjures up Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Terminator. Lou also brilliantly captures the patient's difficulty with describing the process and the reliance on euphemisms. Lao Li says, I'm going to leave early, and even when responding to timing's natural confusion, he continues to beat around the bush, explaining, it's the law. While some of my patients have directly asked me about MAID, most of the requests I've received have been just as circumnavigating as Lao Li's. Often, I'll hear something along the lines of, 
when things get really bad, I just want it to end. And if I wait long enough, eventually the patients will say, I like to have that medicine, you know. This episode is brought to you by Foreign Concepts. Alien invasions are scary, and durian fruit is an acquired taste. But where would Italian food be without tomatoes from the Americas? Or English without words like serendipity, avatar, angst, banjo, tattoo, glitch, siesta, or karaoke? Or healthcare without vaccines, mindfulness, or coffee? or the human body without mitochondria or the microbiome. So remember, even if at first it's foreign, it just might be for you. Some thoughts on who really makes healthcare decisions. The shared rooms of this oncology unit remind me of my time as a resident in the VA wards. Uh, when I was trying to convince a veteran to stay for yet another night of IV uh, diuresis for his heart failure. And after what seemed like an hour of me reasoning and arguing and and pleading, he still hadn't uh, budged an inch. And I was uh, getting ready to leave the room, and then from behind the curtain, his roommate shouted, Don't be an idiot. You know you can't leave yet. Just listen to the doc, for God's sake. The patient stayed the next several days of his admission without any further complaints. And the shared experiences of being sick in the hospital, as well as being in the military before that, gave this unseen roommate a validity that I will never have as a physician. Likewise, Lao Li turns to a fellow patient to discuss his decision rather than his family. With the decreased use of shared rooms, patients certainly have fewer disruptions, and much better privacy. But I do wonder how much is lost from the patient-patient relationships that were fostered by these shared spaces. On another level, the patient-media interactions have a large impact on healthcare decisions. And despite the rigor of the modern scientific apparatus, there is relatively little attention to the public dissemination of the findings, at least in the U.S. And as a result, the media determines much of the messaging that patients receive. In Tai Ming's case, it seems that the majority of the information he receives about euthanasia comes from the media, the newspaper, and TV, rather than his doctor or other healthcare professionals. Unfortunately, the reports of scientific articles in the media are often distorted and frequently don't discuss the limitations of the studies or potential risks of interventions. After all, a scientific breakthrough makes a much better headline than an incremental improvement or an innovation that has several qualifiers. On the other side, reports of rare events uh, can increase the rates of nocebo or adverse effects that are caused by people's perceptions rather than the medicines itself. And this has been particularly notable with the muscle aches from statins, which study after study have suggested uh, have nothing to do with the medicine itself. And on the more extreme level, direct-to-consumer advertisements for novel medicines present downright biased information. Particularly in the U.S., in spite of the fortune spent 
on advancing healthcare, the dissemination of this important information is left in the hands of less reliable sources. Finally, given the degree of state control in the Chinese media, by locating the debate over wording in the news outlets, Liu emphasizes the importance of government in making healthcare decisions. And this gets emphasized when Lao Li requests that his family receive news of his decision not from the hospital or his physicians, but from the Civil Affairs Bureau. And on my first reading, I was shocked to hear that Lao Li would want the government to deliver the news rather than the hospital. But on, on further consideration, it might not be such a foreign notion. After all, even in the U.S., much of the decisions around the intersection of life and death are determined politically. This has been made particularly apparent with the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade, but also with the legislation and court decisions around life support and brain death. Ultimately, when matters of life and death are in doubt, the legal authority supersedes clinical expertise. And so with this framing, Lao Li's decision to end his life with medicines is not a medical decision, but a political act. Some thoughts on family and finances. There is a lot to unpack in Lao Li's reason for euthanasia. He argues, if this drags out much longer, they'd have to sell their houses. What for? In the end, there's no cure. I have to be responsible for my children and their children. Similarly, in the U.S. and Canada, around 40% of people pursuing MAID are concerned about being a burden on family. However, the most common concern that these folks have, uh, which occurs in about 90, 90%, is not being able to pursue meaningful activities, losing autonomy, and losing uh, the ability to do activities like dressing and bathing independently. And Lao Li's monetary concerns is another interesting topic. It would have been pretty representative of patients with cancer at the time of the original writing when insurance rates in China were relatively low, only around 50%. And the financial burden for cancer, uh, cancer treatments was very high. And worry over uh, the, such fiscal motivation is a big sticking point for detractors of MAID. And they argue that this incentive will disproportionately affect people of lower socioeconomic status who otherwise wouldn't desire MAID at all. However, so far in the U.S., the exact opposite has been true. The vast majority of people who receive MAID prescriptions are well-educated, white, and have private insurance. And this may do, be due in part because, one, most insurances don't cover MAID, and the cost of the medicine is several hundred dollars, which puts it out of reach for many patients who are already struggling with the financial burdens of serious illness. Excerpts from Death's End by Xi Xing Lu, translated by Ken Lu. A fit of coughing forced him to put down the newspaper and try to get some sleep. The next day, the TV also showed some interviews and reports about the euthanasia law, but there didn't seem to be a lot of public interest. Timing had trouble sleeping that night, 
He coughed. He struggled to breathe. He felt weak and nauseous from the chemo. The patient who had the bed next to him sat on the edge of Timing's bed and held the oxygen tube for him. His surname was Lee, and everyone called him Lao Lee, or Old Lee. Lao Lee looked around to be sure the other two patients who shared the room with him were both asleep, and then said, Timing, I'm going to leave early. You've been discharged? No, it's that law. Timing sat up. But why? Your children are so solicitous and caring. That's exactly why I've decided to do this. If this drags out much longer, they'd have to sell their houses. What for? In the end, there's no cure. I have to be responsible for my children and their children. Lowly sighed, lightly patted Timing's arm, and returned to his own bed. Staring at the shadows cast against the window curtain by swaying trees, Timing gradually fell asleep. For the first time since his illness, he had a peaceful dream. It took a great deal of internal discussion before the news outlets settled on the verb to conduct. To execute was clearly inappropriate. To carry out sounded wrong as well. To complete seemed to suggest that death was already certain, which was not exactly accurate either. None of Lao Li's family members were present for the procedure. He had kept his decision from them and requested that the city's civil affairs bureau, not the hospital, informed his family after the procedure was complete. The new law permitted him to conduct his affairs in this manner. Death's End by Xi Lu was first published in 2010, and the English translation by Ken Lu was published in 2016. You can find show notes for the episode at anauscultation.wordpress.com, and you can send comments, suggestions, questions to the Twitter handle at anauscultation or to the email anauscultation at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Auscultation is produced and recorded on the ancestral home of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, or share to help others find out about us too. Until next month, be kind and live the questions.